Hey girls, Maria Menounos here, author of The Every Girl's Guide to Life. Wanna know my best tips and secrets for organization, travel, weight loss, beauty, fashion, and everything else in between? Go to bing.com slash Maria and pick up my new book, The Every Girl's Guide to Life. You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. On the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, and streaming live on Ustream, this is AfterBuzz TV for Desperate Housewives. Tonight's host is Derek Shore. Joining Derek will be AfterBuzz co-hosts Sarah Stratton and Roxy Stryer. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest Desperate Housewives news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256. I don't know if we are being heard right now. We know what? I think we're on the air. This is good. This is <laughs> okay. a good sign. Sorry. No, clearly, you know, we heard our announcer in the, in the open of the show say that we are going to break down tonight's episode. Usually, here at After Buzz, that is what we do. We break down the episode, we talk about the events, and then we predict what's happening the following week, right? But huge news out of the Middle East. President Obama went on television earlier from Washington to announce that Osama bin Laden has been killed. Clearly, this is enormous news. Desperate Housewives was preempted and delayed an hour here on the West Coast Pacific time. And so we did not have an opportunity to watch tonight's program. However, the good news is we have a very special guest tonight, Scott Jenkinger, who is the casting director of Desperate Housewives. And all of this news out of the Middle East just means that we have more time to talk with Scott. So next week when we come back, of course, we will give a recap of tonight's episode. The episode that's playing here on the screen is last week's episode. But, you know, it happens to be one of my favorite episodes. So I'm glad that we're replaying that tonight. Good. In the background. For, Good. Your, for your viewing enjoyment. So, Scott, do we have Scott on the line? Is he with us? Let's bring him on. Scott, are you there? We're getting connected, I think. We're hoping. But in the meantime, let me tell you a little bit about Scott. He is an Emmy Award winning casting director. He's been with Housewives um, from the very beginning and, uh, and is a pretty big deal. He's a very humble guy. Um, I know he doesn't like to toot his own horn. But uh, we're so we will have... toot for him. Then we will toot for him. There we go. I showed you, you girls a photo of him, right? Oh yeah. If I could whistle, I would whistle. I mean, handsome. I would try, but sometimes my whistles don't come out. <laughs> oh my gosh, he's gonna what kill a headshot. me. Yeah, you he's know. a he's a good looking dude. He is a good looking dude. There is no question about that. He's sitting here listening, saying, "Okay, I'm now. I'm not calling in anymore. Thank you very much hopefully for that, we, Derek." Yeah, we hopefully we haven't embarrassed him too much, so he hasn't. Uh, been afraid of us. But Scott, can you hear us? No. Nope, we are still talking. No, we're still chatting. I'm guessing we're getting connected through all of our, you know, sophisticated wiring systems. Well, you know, in the meantime, let's talk a little bit about Eva Longoria because uh, I think it's sort of timely. We're, we're going to get to this later in news and gossip. But Roxy, um, tell us about Eva, where she was last Thursday back in D.C. Well, speaking of the White House, Eva actually was at the White House last Thursday, uh, I doubt that she knew that this was going to be going on later on and that more 
important or pressing events would take place. But she was actually fighting for immigration reform, which we will talk about later a little bit more. But it's interesting because you just never know what else is going to happen. You know, one one day you're at the White House, and as Obama talked about today, he had this planned a week ago, two weeks ago. That's what and, I was going to say. And he's probably sitting there thinking to himself, yeah, I'll deal with immigration in a little while. Leave me the hell alone right now. But instead he smiles and nods, and he keeps going on with his wife while Eva Longoria and a couple other celebrities are sitting there. America Ferrera mm-hmm. and some high-profile um, from the Latin community, Latin right. community. Rosario Dawson and um, a couple different musicians were all there talking about this. And I, I can only imagine, what the hell is Obama planning now that in two weeks is going to come out? Like, that's That's nuts. exactly what I was thinking. I'm just like, how much? He obviously has so much on his mind yeah. all the time. That he literally has to just be so poised through. I mean, not only did he know about this for a week, he's had hints about this for months. And, like, as the president, that must be, like, so, like, in a way exciting to find someone that people have been searching for for 10 years. I mean, yeah. and he, this whole time, he's just, like, kept his cool. Like, if it were me, I'd been like, oh, my gosh. Oh, my goodness. Do you Think, think he, about it. Do you think and, he tells Michelle? Does he go home and say, listen, wifey? This is what's going on, or does he not talk to anybody that's not in the cabinet? Who do you talk to? I mean, I when guess you are the we'll president, we'll never really know. But I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't. Yeah, just because really. when it comes to like a high level CIA operation, I mean, Leon Panetta, who's the director of the CIA, that's right. he was directed by Obama a long time ago. That this was at the top of their priority list, and I know back in August they got some intelligence saying that uh, they had some good leads, and they spent the last few months really going after this yeah so yeah i would uh i would wonder also if michelle is included in these in these higher level discussions um but it's also great i think to see people like eva longoria at the white house and really you know regardless of your position on immigration reform clearly both sides of the table have some very strong opinions but it's always nice to see someone use their celebrity for something for, good yeah. or for something, for something, something to be good. Yes, yeah, exactly. You know, a lot of these women really use their status not to go to the mall and have people look at them and ooh and ah and want their autographs, but to actually go out and do things. You hear about these women doing such unbelievable things, especially on this show. I've noticed mm-hmm. week after week we'll talk about the news and gossip and Eva Longoria being one of the main celebrities who really is trying to make a difference and fighting for things like immigration and going to different events. What was that? Uh, she went to some... She was in Miami Dallas over the weekend, of, too. Mm-hmm. Right. On Saturday, she was in Miami she doing some a, sort of charity uh, event. She did things for children a lot, immigration a lot, school programs, I believe. Yeah. And, um, and she of, does her work while she's doing it. Yes. I noticed that while she was in Miami, she yes, she was doing different charity events, but she also has this new book that she had come out her cookbook, and one day she's going to the store talking about the cookbook, and she makes the most of all her trips. You know, she's in Miami. She tries to sell herself a little bit, and then she goes and uses her fame to do good things. It's awesome. Well, you know, we've talked a lot on about this in the past, how this show, Desperate Housewives, is a very smart show. Right. And it seems like... There are a lot of uh, current events and sort of social issues that the show deals with. And one of the things that I think is so remarkable about the way that it's done is oftentimes humor is used to uh, to sort of break the ice and get that conversation going. As funny as this show is, they are able to take some very serious issues and sort of 
lay them out on the table. Obviously, mm-hmm. there's always death and drama and some sort of, you know, they're able to make yeah. death a little funny in some ways. But you have the gay couple living on the street. You have Bree's son, Andrew, who is gay and married officially to uh, his husband, even so though they recently split. So being gay is split. funny. No, but what I'm saying <laughs> no. is they have a way of, at a time when, obviously, like same-sex marriage is a very hot-button issue hot yeah. in many places in the U.S., uh, the show is able to tackle these issues head on. I mean, mm. they have talked about um, child molestation right. and cheating, you know, infidelity suicide. and suicide. Some really heavy, heavy issues. And uh, and I just think a smartly written show is not every show can do something like that. It has to be mm-hmm. written with care and done in a very smart they way. T- they touch things on all levels, like from the intimate family relationship issues to greater things like immigration and things that really affect large populations of people. Like it goes beyond the struggling marriage and the mother-son relationship. It goes beyond that to their relationships with really the whole world. And it's written very well. And immigration, like you said, Mm -hmm. I was completely spacing on the fact that there was the entire storyline with Gabby and her daughter Grace and their family fleeing because immigration was coming after them. Why Mm -hmm. aren't other shows able to accomplish this as well? I think other shows... I I think each show really serves its purpose. Like if you're watching Celebrity Apprentice, clearly each of those uh, celebrities are fighting for their cause and the money is going to go to that that cause after they win. Um, But I'm sorry, NeNe Leakes from Atlanta Housewives. Uh, That's ridiculous. I'm not going to listen much to her bit broad ideas about society and mankind. Yeah. Coming from her, it doesn't matter so much as the respectable... Felicity or something like that who I think actually might be invested. Right. You know, just as we're watching this right now, I thought this was a very interesting storyline that we touched upon last week, but we didn't really get to go that far in depth about being a woman and being, what was she called? The first, a plus one. 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 She's the plus one. I thought this storyline was so interesting. We're talking about smart stories. Here we have this woman who isn't a housewife. She's a desperate housewife, but she's not known as a housewife on the street. Mm-hmm. Of all the women, she is the working woman. Being referred to as a plus one, I don't think I've seen another television show discuss this issue and like this this one has. Well, you know, it. they did, I think, strike a lot of nerves with right. this because it is, you know that there are a lot of women out there who are feeling very empowered and saying, hey, wait a minute. I'm not subservient to my husband. I'm not going to be arranging flowers at some conference. And in some ways I felt like obviously this drama was heightened where this woman stands up in the crowd and blows a whistle and is like, come on, ladies, let's do our activity. (laughs) Buddy up, partner up. I mean, is that really realistic today? Right. Maybe. Maybe. In L.A., I I would say no. In L.A., women would be like, excuse me. Oh. Oh. On the phone we have our special guest. Yes. Scott, can you hear us? Can you hear me now? Yeah. We can totally hear you. We are so glad. Um, thanks for hanging out with us on this Sunday night. Well, thank you. What a night, huh? I know. So here's some big news. No one saw that coming out of the Middle East. Whoa. So sorry to pull you away from, from all of this coverage, but we totally appreciate having you uh, on the show. You realize that you're kind of a big deal, right? Yeah. <laughs> no. You're wrong. <laughs> see, see, and, and I told the girls before you came on the show that you are probably one of the most modest guys oh. uh, that <laughs> oh, I know. Oh, no, stop, stop it. Oh. 
<laughs> we um and we I'm have embarrassed. Yes. Why are you why are you embarrassed? Nothing, no, for no reason. For no, you're very kind. Thank you. Well, you know, you can watch live right now on ustream.com if you go to the homepage and you click on the AfterBuzz TV uh, logo. So send it oh. out to your friends. But the show is also archived, so we can tell you how to find that. You can find it on iTunes and uh, Did you just in case. hear us before talking about um, the headshot that we saw of you and, and how pretty you are? Did you hear all this? Oh my God! Yeah, I kind of heard that, and then I then it hung up. Mer- mercifully, tuned uh, yourself hung out. Up. Oh my gosh! Well, Scott, we're not we're not we didn't bring you on the show <laughs> to, to embarrass you, um, yeah, yes, and so yes. uh, yeah, we'll we'll, we'll try <laughs> to keep you, it though. professional. Moving on. <laughs> I mean, you you have been um, with Desperate Housewives from the very beginning, right? Yeah, since day one. And I know you won an Emmy back in in '05, right? Whatever, yeah, after the first year, whatever year that was, I've lost track. But it was, yeah, after the first season. You're no new, you're, you're not new when it comes to casting, but were you prepared for the success of this show? And not just the success in the moment, but also the longevity, because it's really been sort of a staple yeah. of primetime TV for most of the last decade. I was completely unaware. I loved the script when I read it, and by page three, when you know Mary Alice blew, blew her head off, I knew it was something I wanted to work on. Um, I just loved loved the pilot script, you know. But you never know. You never know once you're done casting and when it airs and when it's directed and edited, and you know, you never know how it's going to uh, come out. And we were just hoping it would get picked up. And then um, I remember when it aired and it premiered as number one, I literally had to pull over in the car because I couldn't believe it. Wow. Oh, that's yeah, so I, exciting. I, I, that is awesome. None of us were, were, I think, none of us were prepared for it. I don't think the writers were. I think the actors were. Um, I think ABC did a great job of marketing the show prior to our airing. And I think we sort of created a lot of buzz and curiosity about the show. They did, I should say, not we. Um, and, um, it completely shocked me and I'm very grateful that, you know, seven years later, here I am. So, uh, it's a good thing. It's a very good thing. Cause you know, in television, you never know. You never know. And you said yeah. you were on from the beginning and that's just amazing. Did you help cast the original five desperate housewives, including Miss oh, Eva yeah. Longoria? Oh, oh yeah. that's so <laughs> exciting. I mean, we were there. We host a bunch of super fans here, and we're a bit of super fans ourselves. I know oh, wow. I've been following the show for many years, and I'm in love mm-hmm. with this woman. I know a lot of our listeners are, so it's just okay. really exciting to have you here with us. Oh, who, you. you who provided us with these women? That is crazy. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, they're obviously we've we've come to know and love these women. I feel like I know that every time I'm at an event and I see one of them, I just I feel like they should know me because I have this personal relationship. You know them so well. And then I usually drop Scott's name, and you know they're, they're polite. <laughs> and then get your hand. Who? What? Are you kidding? Wait, what? Well, actually, that's a, do they um, do they recognize the the role that you played in uh, in their fame? Oh my God! Do they send big uh, gift baskets not. to you, Scott? I, I think, you know they've done quite well on their own. Uh, you know, you you give actors opportunities, and and um, they shine or they don't. And these people just completely, you know, we had great writers. We have great writers. Um, they gave them great, created great characters for them, and then started to write for, 
you know, as you get to know people and, and they kind of settle into their roles, you start writing for their strengths and, and uh, what interests you about them. And, um, you know, it's funny because I recently was uh, at a table read and I was looking around the table it was toward the end of the season and I was thinking, my God, what, what, how our lives have changed in seven years, you know, and how their lives have certainly changed yeah. in seven years. Um, it's, you know, it's kind of incredible when you kind of sit back and kind of look at it. Well, you you really are living the dream for a lot of people. I mean, obviously, people <laughs> would kill to be involved uh, in a show that has been, you know, successful and sustained that success for so long. Before the show, Scott, we were discussing uh, amongst ourselves about how, um, you know, the process of casting a show like this. And Roxy, I think you had a great question about Uh-oh. just sort of the process that Scott goes through. Right. I, I just wanted to know before you actually cast somebody, what information are you given about what you need to be looking for? Is somebody hand you a script and you read about these characters? Are you given a description or is it kind of a shot in the dark? What what do you have to go off of? Well, you know, um, it just depends on the role and kind of where we are in the season. Um, we are given, usually a writer or a producer uh, will call me in, uh, first. Okay. And say if it's a large role, if it's somebody you know, someone of significance, if it's a love interest, or if it's somebody who has a few episodes, you know, like Paul Young's wife, and um, and we just sort of sit down, or they call me, and we talk. They talk about what they're looking for. They even throw out names of people that have come up in the writers' room, um, and we kind of go from there. So hopefully, in 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 the best case. I'm actually called before any kind of outline or script comes out. Okay. Um, you know, as the season progresses, you get a little behind, you know, because it's hard to come up with 23 scripts a year, especially in your seventh year. Um, but ideally, it's nice to get a phone call and, and we talk about, you know, just sort of the type that they're looking for. Right. So you just gave the example of Paul Young's wife, Beth. Mm-hmm. So for Beth. example, when, when you were called about her... To ask about her, how do you even begin to start looking? I mean, there's no master list of actresses out there. So how do you go and, and find people who are less known, or do people just come to you? And how does that work? Well, the, the woman who played her, Emily Burgle, I've known. I cast her in an NYPD Blue episode years ago. So I was aware of her, and I've seen her on Men in Trees. And, you know, as a casting director, you just sort of have a file cabinet in your head of, of some people that, you know, that you like. Um, mm. You also release a breakdown to every agent and manager in town, and they send you ideas. So it's a little bit of a combination of agents and managers uh, sending you their ideas, you going to lists, you going to your head, you know, and just sort of, uh, you know, there's a couple of ways to go about it, and uh, it's sort of a combination of all that help. Um, and are you and, sifting you know, when, through thousands of people? I mean, if this, I, yeah. I imagine that it's sort of like, obviously the agents are being helpful because you want them to send you ideas, but you also don't yeah. want to get flooded with all of these like random girls. Flooded. And you can get flooded. You can have, you know, over a thousand submissions for, Holy crap. Uh, you know, doctor number one. On no. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So what do you so, do in that you, case? Do you see all of them? What do you them? do with that? Yeah, I mean, that's a lot. You look at them. 
I look at every submission that, oh because it's all online now through this uh, service called Breakdown Express. And I look through every one of them. Wow, that's impressive. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I'd end up, if I were you, I'd end up, like, giving up. I was like, oh, these five are, they're all right. Okay. (laughs) Pull out of a hat. You just never know, but, you know, maybe I'm anal that way. That's great. That sounds like a great characteristic. I mean, it gives hope to everyone out there who's auditioning. And it's also, like, if you're a casting director, I'd imagine it's the, the... mastering the art of recognizing subtlety. Like Beth, as long as we're talking about her, I think that's a great character. And Emily, you said, is her name, that yeah. actress? Mm-hmm. She, the way she played that role, I mean, clearly there are going to be a lot of people out there who can deliver a line and look good on camera and maybe be matched up with the ensemble fine. But it seems like that subtlety is really sort of critical and, and perhaps why it's necessary to look through all of those submissions, Scott. And we had auditions. Yeah. You know, we, we brought people in and, and we heard the lines. And uh, Mark Cherry sat in on those auditions um, and gave notes and gave, you know, suggestions. And he's really good with actors. He's very, uh, he knows what he likes. He knows what's in his head. So he's really articulate in, in letting actors know what he's, what he's looking for. What is the di- dynamic there between Mark and the network and you when... You know, clearly, let's take Vanessa Williams, for instance. She Mm -hmm. is a huge addition to the show. She has added so much, I think, to this season. Can you sort of give us a little bit of the behind the scenes about how something like that would play out, a decision like that? Well, no, to be honest with you, that came from ABC. ABC was like, you know, we, we really love Vanessa. Ugly Betty was over, and we really loved for you guys to find a spot for her on the show. That was a call that went directly to Mark. Um, and then it was up to Mark to, to meet with her to say, what, you know, what could I write for her? How would she fit in? What kind of character could I create? How could it be different than Wilhelmina from Ugly Betty? So that was really between Mark and the, and the network. Okay, that's so interesting. I can't take credit for Vanessa. Hmm. <laughs> so moving away then from Vanessa, on a regular basis, how do you and Mark work together or you, Mark, and the network work together? I mean... I'm stealing this question from Roxy, as she mentioned earlier. Is there a thumbs-up process, or how many people have to clear this before somebody gets cast? Yeah, and who wins the battle if there is one? So so many questions. What battle? Yeah, well, who wins the battle if there is one? You know, if if there's disagreement. Um, I mean, Mark is a very nice guy. (laughs) He created the show. He wins the battle. (laughs) Okay. Um, it just, you know, it depends on the role. And, and let, me, let me say that since January, Mark's been working on a new show, uh, Hallelujah, a pilot mm-hmm. yeah. that we did, that, we, that, I, ca- that we, I cast and, and we, oh. we produced. So um, we have other showrunners right now that, that Bob Daly has sort of taken over the reins, you know, for the last part of the season. So um, every audition that we have, and... I don't know any casting office that doesn't do this. We tape, uh, and then we show our with the director and various other producers um, in in a casting session. And then Mark Cherry, when he was you know uh, actively on the show, would look at our top three contenders and say, "This is what I'm looking for. This is the person." Um, And now Bob Daly has done that in the last you know six or seven episodes. So. Um, the network it really gets involved with the larger roles, the 
the arcs, the regulars, more than the day-to-day guest stars or, or guest cast. Um, but they really weigh in heavily on on the larger roles, like the best, and you know, and they sign off on that. It just seems like an enormous job to me. I mean, the more you talk, Scott, I know obviously like you have a busy schedule. The more you speak, though, and tell us about the day-to-day, it really clicks. Like this is kind of major, and especially because there are so many new characters coming in and out. One of the most beautiful things about this show, I think, is that each storyline is so multi-layered that, I mean, everything is tied into something else. It's rare that we see, like, an insular storyline or a character whose life and story isn't also completely interconnected with the existing characters on the show. So I would imagine casting that just as the most incredibly difficult dance. Well, you know, it depends on the week. Sometimes (laughs) it is and sometimes it isn't. You know, it depends on what they're writing and how quickly I can get, you know, audition material prior to the shooting of the, of the episode so that I can, you know, sort of do due diligence and, and try to find the right people. But one of the things about episodic television, because you're doing a new episode every eight work days uh, and you're doing 23 episodes a season, is you have to work fast. And you don't have the luxury of, you know, in... September saying, well, you know, mid-October, we'll probably be looking for this kind of role, because right. it, it usually comes up pretty fast, and um, you, you kind of have to scramble sometimes, and you know, I've been doing this for about 20, well, a little over 20 years, 22 years. You're not old enough um, to have done it that long, Scott. <laughs> I started when I was like five, I think, <laughs> yeah. in kindergarten. In the womb. No, but it, in the womb, still inside in mom's womb. belly. But no, I've been working in episode, you know, in television for that long, and I think you just get used to the pace. And and by the time you're you're done with your twenty three episodes, you just kind of pass out for a week. But um, you know, so you do you you have there's a lot of hurrying up, and there's a lot of last minute stuff being done. Um, but that's just the nature of. Somebody, you know what? Somebody always ends up in front of that camera. Somehow it always gets done. It has to, right? Yeah, yeah. Can you tell us, Scott, what what, what the most difficult or most challenging character to cast was (laughs) over the years? I mean, after all of these seasons of of Desperate Housewives? Even any of the originals? um, You know, the originals weren't the originals. The women weren't. In hindsight, you go, oh, they weren't that hard. But, yeah, it was that hard because, you know, you, you, we, through, we went through a lot of people. A, a lot of women wanted those roles because they were great roles yeah. for women, you know. Hell, I wanted uh, one of those roles. 30. Are you kidding I me? I know. <laughs> Your agent called me, I think. Really? That's so embarrassing. <laughs> um, you know, so it was, boy, looking back on it, we really, you know, we just kind of, we cast and crossed our fingers, uh, which I think you do a lot of times. Even with the best actors, you kind of cast, <laughs> and then you cross your fingers. Um, and everybody just just was more than I could have ever hoped for. Um, what was your original question? Oh, the most difficult. Yeah. Um, there are two roles, I think, that looking back were the hardest ones. 
and their, their kids. Um, Juanita was very difficult. Ah. And we found her in Texas. An agent represented her here, but, but said, I think I have somebody for you, but she lives in Texas. So she went on tape, and she's actually Demi Lovato's sister. Shut up! Um, yeah. And, wow, um, from the same two parents? I don't believe so. I think it was the same mother, but I think I think they do have last different last names. So I, I believe they're from two different fathers. Oh, I love that information. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, but she lived in Dallas, and Cos- so she oh, put herself on tape, I mean, and uh, then we flew her out for a callback. Um, that was a hard role uh, to find, uh, and the twins went in the five-year leap between seasons, was it four and five? Um, the Scavo twins, because trying to find, you had to match kids that looked like those two little boys with the red hair. They had to be identical twins, and they had to be attractive, and they had to act. That's... And that that was really, really tough. There weren't a lot of people. We I think we released a breakdown everywhere in the country. Uh, that's... Um, Oh, we're cutting and, off, I think. Am I, am I correct in hearing that those twins that you found, the older ones that you guys cast, actually go to school at uh, USC, which is where Sarah and I both attend school, and I heard that they were cast, that they were, who was the one who went to high school or even college with them? Was it Jen Lowe that was telling us about this? Well, anyway, that they were walking on the street, and um, somebody from Desperate Housewives was driving around and saw them, and one of them happened to be an actor and was like, listen, you guys would be perfect for this if you can act. Can we audition you? And then they got the role, is, is what I heard. <laughs> that was incorrect. Oh, totally no. incorrect. <laughs> I Cor- felt like that was a total me. rumor. Do you remember that? that? Wasn't she, right. Somebody. Tell us the um, real story, Scott. Yes. <laughs> that was a real story. Charlie um, was, uh, had, an, had an agent, has an agent, but had an agent and was submitted for the role mm-hmm. um, by his agent. Uh, Max, his brother, and I auditioned him, and Max, his brother, was living in Washington, D.C. I think he was interning or something during the summer, and he really hadn't acted as much. Charlie was kind of really pursuing uh, an acting career, and uh, Max flew out uh, for the callback, and we read them a couple of times, um, and they got the role. But that was the hard. That was the hardest one because we just didn't have a lot of people to choose from, a lot of sets of twins to choose from, and I thought that they were, you know, a pretty good match for the little boys, the kinsmans that played the the boys when they were young. Yeah, and they've but turned out was, to be great. Yeah. Oh, thanks. But that was tough. That was really tough, and it's always hard to find uh, good-looking men in their forties. I think. Oh, for, for I... like arts and guest stars and stuff like that. That can be, you know, for love interest for the women. We've been lucky with Kyle MacLachlan and Nathan Fillion and, you know, some of the people, that, Neil McDonough. Why don't you cast yourself in one of these roles, Scott? You're very kind. Or Hello. You. you. You can have the, you're too young. I mean, to have the role I mean I'm saying, Scott, once you get into your 40s, we could perhaps <laughs> cast you as one of the love interests on the we show. We are very lucky. We are talking to two handsome men right now. That's <laughs> true. So, Scott, well, we... um much older than I am. I am way older than Scott is. Um, look how much of, of your time we have taken up. We totally, we, we have a couple more questions yeah, if you can hang so with us. I need, I need another one. I just saw the look of panic on Roxy's <laughs> face. Can you hang out with us for another couple minutes? Sure. Okay. Okay, I, I just want to know. So 
you're talking about you have to make these rapid decisions and and they kind of get thrown at you. What does your work day look like? Do you work a nine to five? Are you up at two in the morning? Do you get calls in the middle of the night? What does your day look like? No, thank God I, I'm not up at. Well, okay. yes, I'm up at two o'clock in the morning worrying. I'm worried not, for you. <laughs> Stressful. Uh, Are you having sex dreams about Susan and Paul Young? <laughs> I think that's a yes. <laughs> that is a guilty laugh. <laughs> no, it hasn't come to that yet. But, Good. Uh, you know. Now watch tonight. I'll I'll have that dream. Yeah. Um, or about us. Yeah. My my days. It's again. It depends on the day. It depends on the demands of that week's script. Um, I'm usually there. A, a good day would be like nine thirty to seven. You know, that would be kind of a normal day, or 9.30 to 6.30. It's a long day it still. depends on, and that's not really a long day. I mean, I know people who are in the office all, you know, till 10 o'clock at night. It's a long day. Now, when you're doing a, when you're doing a pilot, you are there, you know, 14-hour days, and sometimes six or seven days, you know, in a, in a row, um, without taking any days off. But that's a pilot. That's insanity. Um, but a, a general episode I can usually, if you use your time wisely, you can usually get out, you know, get, get in by 9.30, be out by 6.30, if, if you use your time wisely, and you get the information that you need to do your job. And Scott, you when, know, you say, when you say six or seven days, you're having like these, these 14-hour days, if, let's say you're, to, to go back to when you were casting Housewives, is that, what does that mean in terms of, are you spending weeks doing this? Is this a several-month process? How much time are we looking at? When we did the pilot? Yeah. Oh, okay. We started in January, and we shot it in March. And you're sort of working around the clock for yeah. those few on months. Yeah, pilot you are. You're, you're, you're there Saturday. You, you know, you have, we had casting sessions on Saturdays, and, and you know, you're getting caught up on Sunday. Um, it's a feeding frenzy. Pilots are feeding frenzies. They're crazy, crazy times. Um, because you see a lot of actors, you get a ton of phone calls. You know, the studios and networks are all over you trying to, you know, either you know, and facilitate and help and also to find out information, see where you are, crazy. Uh, make suggestions. So th- there's a lot of work involved and a lot of panics because <laughs> you have offers out and you're hoping that, that people take your offers and you're reading people and it's 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 not fun not wow. but it's how we do our jobs well scott is there any will i, I promise we'll let you go right after this because mm-hmm. i so appreciate all of us appreciate the fact that you've sure. taken so much time well you guys are up late for well, you know, we, we typically we watch the show from 9 to 10, West Coast time, and then we go on the air live at 10 o'clock to discuss for about an hour. It's pretty cool. We all love yeah. Desperate Housewives. Yeah. Is there anything, obviously, we we have a lot of fans out there who really worship the show, super fans as we oh. call them. Is there anything? As we call ourselves. As we call ourselves. <laughs> is there any any little bit of inside information perhaps about, you know, a new character coming on the lane or something that we can look forward to in the next few weeks before the season finale? Hmm. What can I, what can I tell you? Without getting busted by ABC. I know. We just want or, a little bit of some crumbs. Or for, little, or for the next, next season if you guys have started with that process yeah. or anything like that. 
Well, there was. Uh, we haven't really talked about next season yet, or they haven't told me about it. But there is a character that was introduced tonight that we're going to see for a few more ah. um, in the episode that got preempted or, or pushed back. Okay. Well, that's pretty good. And that's, and that's all I will say about that. And does, does mm-hmm. partly, do, does the fans' response to a new character like this sort of drive the direction of where that character's storyline goes? You know, I don't know if, it, if it's the fans. I think it's more sort of the network and the producers' feeling about how they perceive the storyline and, you know, working and the actor working in that storyline. I think it comes more from from their perspective. We're always curious about that sort of thing because we, as, like, watchers, we're always like, we love this person, we want to see them on for forever, or we say the opposite once in a while because they're mean or whatnot, and so we always want to know if anyone listens to us. Oh, I think they do. I think I'm sure they go on the message boards and find out what you know who likes what. There are characters that I'd never wanted to see leave. I didn't want to see Carl, you know, Susan's ex-husband, leave. I loved that character. I yeah. was a fan of Carl too. Speaking of good-looking men Brian on the show, Austin, Brian Austin Green. Oh, don't right. even go there. Oh my gosh, was, <laughs> he's my heartthrob. Well, and the, I was really sorry to see that character go so you uh, and me both you know what I was actually happy to see his character go because (laughs) there were so many sighs and sobs and dramatic sounds coming Uh, from these girls mouths what are you talking about every week when he would appear on the screen so R.I.P. his character well Scott you know actually he worked that character actually was more involved than I think the writers thought he would be uh, at the beginning, and that's a tribute to what Brian brought to the role. He was just great and great to work with. Oh, people seemed to absolutely love See, him. See, great to work with. Yeah. We love him. Every part of him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we wish him nothing but great things. Well, Scott, and we also wish you nothing but great things. Seriously, thank you so much for coming on our show tonight. Scott Jenkinger, for all of you out there watching or listening, you should Google Scott or perhaps visit his IMDb page if you want to see him out there holding his um, shiny Emmy in his hand. That's quite an honor. I mean, seriously, Scott, you're a big deal. You need to recognize that. Mm -hmm. You're very kind. Thank you. Let's just all pray for world peace. That's more important. You know what? On a night like tonight, yes. that is yes. that is very uh, appropriate. So that's what we need. Thank you for that. Well, G E N K I N G E R Scott Jenkinger. Google this guy. And again, Scott, thank you so much for taking so much time to chat with us tonight. You're very welcome. I'm flattered you asked. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. We'll talk okay, to you guys. later. Have a good night. Thanks. Good night. Good night. So, you know, that is fantastic, I think. I'm like our... mouth dropped still right now. He's awesome. Isn't he cool? What a good guy. But you know what? I was so concerned coming in. Of course, I was listening to Obama on the radio driving uh, on the way to the studio tonight. Right. And I was thinking, wow, we're not going to be watching a show. We're, we're, we're going to have nothing to discuss. And you know what? I think that this worked out perfectly because on any other night, we would have felt like we needed to rush. Right. And I think it was such a luxury to have Scott mm-hmm. with us so I long. still have more questions that I always want to ask. Me too. What, so what a humble guy, though. He felt so easy to talk to. I mean, it was just... He would say everything naturally, and I felt like he was really honest, and yeah. it was great. Well, maybe he'll come back to us. Maybe, Scott, if you're if you're he listening should... out there, maybe we can convince you to come back if next time. If we're lucky. He should come back for a live visit. Actually, that would be great to have him oh. in the studio. 
Mm-hmm. Just then to people look can at really you, see him. You know, you know, it's interesting too, I think, to uh, this conversation with Scott really puts things into perspective in terms of there's a magic to the show, I think. Desperate Housewives is such a great... This ensemble works so phenomenally well. I, I don't know about you guys, but... You ladies, rather. But I cannot imagine any other women playing those roles. Can you? No, they are those women. They are casted so well by Mr. Scott that they embody them. Like, I sometimes end up interchanging their real names with their character names. Yeah. Like, in... like. In my day-to-day life, like, I'll be talking about Terry Hatcher, and I will call her Susan. And I'm like, that's Brie how... Brie is Brie. It's, it's always Brie. Oh, that's the one that does it for true. me. Well, and Marcia remember Cr- that, that Brie, Dana Delaney, had been approached for that role before Marsha oh. Cross was cast. And I remember hearing that later, you know, seasons later when Dana Delaney ended up coming onto the lane. I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, I cannot imagine... Dana Delaney playing this role because I think Brie is just so, you know, maybe Brie. it's because it's all we've ever known. But honestly, it just seems like some of the best casting decisions you, are made on the show. You think about the major the major movie stars that were offered roles. I know that uh, Shirley Temple, the actress Shirley Temple, what's her name? Whatever. She was offered uh, Dorothy in Wizard of Oz originally. How crazy, you know, it could change the entire thing. It's like why do these people say no and thank God they did or why did I, – I don't know. I always think about that. Well, and every once in a while – you uh, I mean that's a great example of Wizard of Oz because yeah. Judy Garland was so iconic in that. Mm-hmm. And you're right. How You, you can't imagine when Anybody we have these – Totally. And Desperate Housewives, because it has become such a runaway success and literally right. – I remember when the show premiered and I was – I've always been a reporter and kind of a news junkie and so television was just – like always CNN, right? And I remember when Desperate Housewives premiered, sitting on the sofa thinking, wait a minute, uh, this is free? I can turn on my television and watch stuff like this? I was so entertained. Overnight, this show was a phenomenal success. Complete. I remember, actually, this is one of the first like more adult shows I ever watched, and I remember I watched it with my mother. And I remember being like, oh my goodness, this is... So intense, and like, of course, I was completely overwhelmed and half the stuff was going over my head. My mom loved it, and I loved to watch it with her. And I remember everyone talked about it. Did your mom like soap operas, by the way? Because this is, you know, the perfect primetime soap opera. My mom, I was gonna say, I I think that discussing what we were talking about before, how this show is one of the, I mean, we are very young, and it is one of the more adult shows that I watched as well growing up. And it's so important that they talk about such serious issues because I was watching with my mother and I was given a chance to bring things up that I didn't know what the hell was going on. What is being molested? What is it to commit suicide or have a parent who does or immigration things, you know? And they do it in such a tasteful way that you can watch it and you can discuss with your friends, with your mother, whoever it is. It's important. Mm-hmm. Well, this show is my two cents on it. Important. Well, your two cents are very important, Roxy. Thank and this you. this show uh, has become really so iconic that it's you know obviously when the box sets w- long after the show goes goes off the air, there's always going to be that special you know Desperate Housewives place. I mean, think about how many shows have come off this show. I mean, you have the Real Housewives of every city in the nation, um, who, but, like, that all came from this, and the people, like, they knew there was such an audience for those shows because of this show. Yeah. All right, I think we better get to our news and gossip where yeah. we're being asked in the booth to 
to talk about the, the news. Do we need so. to take a commercial break, guys? DJ Jesse? Okay, let's. why don't we roll into news and gossip? Yeah. We'll have Jesse take it away. After Buzz TV News. So this past Thursday, Eva Longoria went to the White House to meet with President Obama to talk about the immigration reform. Joining her were fellow celebrities Rosario Dawson, America Ferreira, and Emilio Estefan. Obama stressed his commitment to the overhaul, the support for the DREAM Act that would help young immigrants become legal and receive an affordable education. She said, quote, obviously we're all disappointed that it didn't pass, and they're wonderful students. Well, you know, we uh, I know we had discussed talking a little more about news and gossip tonight because we're tight on time, though. We had so much time with Scott. We can just sort of move through and tell tell our friends yeah, at home. Yeah, we covered that one all. Yeah, we yeah. covered this, and, you know, she's a jet setter because a couple days later she was in Miami doing more for charity. All right. At the Rally for Kids with Cancer Scavenger Cup at the Eden Rock Residence in Miami Beach on Saturday, improving the quality of life for sick children in the Miami area. Terry Hatcher was nervous while shooting this season's season finale while talking about the filming process. She said, quote, that's one of the only scenes we've ever shot on Housewives where I was in the middle of shooting it and I thought, I don't think I want my daughter to see this. <laughs> she added, I think Susan is dealing with some survivor's guilt and I think that comes out in her obligations to Paul. I love that. That's funny. I was like, well, she has seen you go up and down a stripper pole and walk around in lingerie. I mean, I guess this is pushing it, but it's just Well, we still don't even know what happened. It's talking about the season finale, so oh. I wonder, I I wonder what the talking, scene is. I was thought, for some reason, when he read it, I thought he was talking about last week with the, the Paul, Paul Young sex dream. Mm-hmm. But no, oh, it I sounds think, like something. Yeah, it sounds like a little spoiler right there. Oh, my gosh. Well, Terry Hatcher is trying to get a lawsuit against her to us from the courtroom. Jennifer Glassman, her former friend and business associate, is suing her for fraud, wrongful termination, and emotional distress. Glassman claims she was fired after she helped Terry launch a website for which she was supposed to get 50% of the profits. Although she was vice president of Hatcher's production company, she never got the deal in writing and is not claiming that she has had to deal with Hatcher's mood swings and unusual requests. Hatcher says, however, that the documents haven't been delivered to her legal team in a timely manner, and that should be grounds for dismissal. So rather than not claiming, it is now claiming that is my mistake. I'm sorry about that. But I I just think that, once again, we see this all the time, people suing celebrities. What what is this woman suing for? Because she wants money? And saying she had to put up with Terry Hatcher's mood swings. Sorry, what what does it say? That she, on... um, she uh, emotional her. emotional distress. You can sue somebody for emotional distress. Oh my gosh! What? Totally. I'm I mean, people do that all the time. What the hell is that? You know, saying that know. you can't put up with some celebrity's craziness. It but sounds kind of childish to me because I don't think Terry Hatcher has the biggest mood swings of them all, and just sounds like money and greed. Oh, okay. Well, she may not have uh, emotional distress, but Terry Hatcher is suffering from a disorder called frozen shoulder. Yes, she is. As she reported to Extra, frozen shoulder is a real condition in which women get. It's basically left me pretty much not functioning with my left arm. I can't hook a bra anymore. This disease is medically referred to as adhesive cap- caspulsitis. And it's been known to cause stiffness and chronic pain in the shoulder area and can greatly restrict movement. She has had to resort to taking cortisone injections in order to control the pain. She went on to say, I'm not asking for sympathy or anything. It could be much worse. But when you take away something like being able to pick up a bag, I really can't wait till it's gone so I can just exercise like crazy again. 
because you know I what? sort of miss it. I, I have been wondering if I actually have the same thing because I haven't be, been able to hook my bra strap uh, either. Do you, do you need a little help with that? Yeah, actually, maybe you girls could show me after well, the show. You, you know well, what? You I know. thought this was so... I couldn't help but laugh during this. Is When I started researching news and gossip for this week, I, I thought this was a joke. Like, like she's giving you the cold shoulder. But the disease is frozen shoulder. I thought that was so freaking funny. Then I started seeing it recurring. I was like, oh, they're not making a joke. She really has this disease. Poor thing. She's really suffering from this. Sucks. Frozen shoulder. I hope it gets better soon. Could be worse, but definitely could be better. (laughs) Well, Vanessa Williams is planning on writing a motivational book with her mother, Helen, reported EW.com. They have yet to release any more any more information on the book other than it should be hitting the shelves sometime this fall. I love that. So many books. And I'm a huge fan of Vanessa Williams. I, I was broken hearted when Ugly Betty was canceled because she was so phenomenal on that. Yeah. But I think her addition to the lane has been thumbs a up. thumbs up all around. Thumbs up. What is a motivational book? What what would constitute is that? Just well, really I would say anything? Maria Menounos' Every Girl's Guide to Life, which is in stores now from the number one uh, best-selling author, Maria Menounos. Oh, my gosh. We happen a, to have a copy on the desk, would TJ be Jesse. a motivational um, book. That's pretty motivational. Sarah, do you just bring that around with you everywhere you go? Yeah, no. I carry it around. Let's see. There Roxy, good bits of advice. Motivational, by the way, is just a glossy word for self-help. Yeah. It's really about, like, getting people to get off their couch and go yeah. out and be fabulous. Yeah, I, I just like, wonder if this is... A diet book or a meditation book or a book of quotes that help motivate? I guess we'll find out. Did she just wake up one morning and say, I would like to motivate through a book? No, a publisher probably called her and said, hey, girlfriend, you could make a few bucks if you write a little book. So let's just come up with whatever we we can. There we go. All right, that's your news and gossip for this week. Thanks to DJ Jesse in the booth. And um, again, you know, tonight we, as we told you at the top of the show, huge news has preempted tonight's program. And now we're hearing predictions. Um, clearly because we, you know, the host, the girls and I did not have a chance to watch this week's episode. It's hard to predict. We're not going to be predicting for you. But next week, we promise we will be back, same time, same place. And we'll talk to you. We'll give you a recap of the show. Uh, I can't promise that we're going to have a guest as fantastic as Scott Jenkinger, the casting but director But you never was. know. But you never know. Who knows? Maybe Eva Longoria. If you're out there, Eva, give us a call next week uh, when we're on the air. You can watch us live on Ustream.com. Or maybe you'll bump into Mark Cherry again. You have a tendency to do that. You know what? I do. I do. And it tends to come in waves. So fingers crossed. It's hard to be a celebrity, isn't it? And actually, if you girls run into the Scavo twins on campus. That would be a good one. Get those guys to call in. I wonder if he's living in... Yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Okay. Well, from all of us here at AfterBuzz, thanks again for joining us tonight. For DJ Jesse in the booth and our producer Phil, thanks for tuning in. We will see you again next week. Bye. From producers Kevin Undergaro and Phil Svitek, engineer DJ Jesse Janity, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. If you have questions or comments, be sure to buzz us at info at AfterBuzzTV.com. And you can find us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter by searching for AfterBuzzTV. Buzz Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzzTV or its owners or principals.